shadow because the light's getting caught up. And hey, I cast shadows. <sighs> Throwing shade, shade, maybe. Hello, happy campers. Oh, hey. Spike. Chris. Show. Happy New Year's. First show we're recording in 2021. Incredibly enough, we oh, made it. Yes. Hallelujah. 2021. How was your New Year's? I work in retail, so my New Year sucked donkey butt. Anyway. That, that. You make any New Year's resolutions? Try to be happy more. I stopped making New Year's resolutions several years back because it's against my religion. Although I do resolve to get into the shot a little bit more. Like there we go. Way over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got to admit, though, I sh I'm not afraid to say it, but I, I did tear up just once. Just once. A little stream just came down like maybe a couple of minutes after the ball dropped. I was just like, oh, Lord, the ball dropped. Did you see, did you see New Year's Rockin' Eve? Did you see New Year's Rockin' Eve on ABC? Did you see it? it was, ABC's Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. I've never seen so many possessives in all my life. I will be honest, okay? It was on TV, but I did not watch it. The only reason why is because I have no idea who these musicians are and their music. So I don't watch it. But anyway... Now the big thing out of that one, the big thing out of that one, we're going to talk about this probably on a different video because I want to discuss something about 2021 coming up here very, very shortly. Hopefully I get this video out here shortly. <sighs> about go New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. We'll talk about that on another video. Ooh. So, you tell me, Apparently, you don't have a whole lot to talk about this week. It's been a slow week with the holidays and stuff, it's as far as the news is going. We're going to do our news-ish episode first. I got to sit down, like, actually got to sit down and watch Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai Season 3. Mm. And, of course, I made a mistake watching it all in one day. And now I'm craving for more. Mm. I notice a lot of people rouch about the uh, about the streaming services. Some do it one week at a time. They release an episode every week. Like Disney does that. Hulu does that. HBO Max does that. The uh, but Netflix just drops everything at once. Which which is weird because Netflix also develops like uh, shows from other countries, and they don't do that. I've noticed because it will sit there and say new episode be coming up like next Sunday or something like that. But only with like foreign TV shows. But other stuff it's like everything in one day. <laughs> so I don't know. Mm. It's weird. We do, so you, apparently you've fallen into the camp of one episode a week. Well, I would like it that way because you never know when they're going to bring out a new season. And sometimes those seasons you have to wait for a whole year. And it's like, it kills me. It's like Lost in Space. I, I, I love Lost in Space on Netflix. But it's like, I have, so far it's been a year and a half now. And I know that they're working on season three, but 
it's like I really want to know what happens and then I'll have to go back and follow up on that so I can remember everything so mm. same thing with Stranger Things I think older people are used to older people I think you're about to cut off older people tend to prefer the weekly installments because that's the way we're used to seeing things but a few young'uns, you whippersnappers out there probably well, you've never been patient, so you want all your stuff at once. And that's what you get. You waited all this time for season three of Cobra Kai, and boom, it's done. I know, but it's it's so addicting because it's like you know that you can stop and watch something, you know, watch something else and then watch come back later. And it's like, uh, but... So. Still haven't seen a single episode of that. Oh, this I is so well done. Plus, I, I hated am, Karate Kid, which well, is like spin-off from. Here's the thing. I am not a fan of Karate Kid. I mean, I like the movies, but I don't like them like them, if that makes any sense. I don't mind watching them if there's nothing else on and it's on TV. I'll sit there and watch it. But I'm not a big fan. But with this show, it actually makes me... I'm more of a fan of the show than what I am the movies. Because it's like, oh... Remember those bullies in the movies? They're not actually that bad. And it turns out the good guy was the bully the entire time. And that's the way it, it was told at first in like season one. And then in season two, it's like, oh, the bull, you know, they all got adult problems too with their kids. And their kids are now caught up in, in their own feuds with the feuds of their parents and on and on. But it's so... I don't know. You just kind of watch. It's great. It is great. I love it. Still don't care. Anyway. It's hard to get him to care about anything. Uh, the last thing I watched was Soul. We need to do a review of that. Mm -hmm. I, will, there will, I will not do a review of Wonder Woman 84. I just ain't in the mood for it. I ain't in the mood for it. I liked Wonder Woman, I liked the first Wonder Woman, but not enough to go actually see the sequel, even though it's on HBO Max. So do you want me to do a review? We'll let you do a review later on. Right now this is the newsish, newsish episode and the food and teeth episode, apparently. Uh, what have you got in the, what else you got in your news? Okay, so... The news feed, what you got? The news has been pretty slow. It's been but, slow. Uh, I wrote down some things that, you know, eh, it's eh. it's kind of newsworthy. Eh. I mean, um, well, this one is kind of is actually newsworthy. Larry King is hospitalized with COVID. Uh, he is now being treated right now. Apparently, he went in, and honestly, it's eh, right now. Uh, he is uh, at, he is actually eighty seven years old. I actually thought he was older. That's, <laughs> it seems like older. he's been around for a very long time. He looks like an older man. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, he's he's 87, and uh, apparently he's like stuck in the hospital, not being treated at home or nothing. He's actually in the hospital. So at 87, yeah, the the coof tends to hit you harder the older you are. So, so at 50 um, or 49, anyway, I'm borderline on watching out for that apparently so I mean it's it's to that point where you're like you kind of have that feeling that you know what's going to happen for the worst 
But well, hope we for the best. hope for the best, yeah. So, there's that. Yeah. Um, apparently, <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently 2020 did have some type of positivity. Okay, so apparently there was more female directors in 2020 that was successful than ever in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, it was a record-breaking. I don't know who actually sat there and like discovered this stuff. Considering almost nothing got released last year, that ain't saying a whole lot. <laughs> um, well, some of these movies I've never even heard of, and one. One hasn't even came out yet. List and they some, put this got, on a list. You got a list? Yes, it's a very small a list. list. Give me a very small list of women directors. There's like, what, four? Five? Oh, Wonder Woman 84, obviously. That's Patty Jenkins. Yes, Patty She's Jenkins supposed to be doing is on the list. Squadron for Disney Plus next. Yes, and she, I believe they're already greenlit for a third Wonder Woman, too. Yes, she will be doing a third uh, Wonder Woman. So, yeah, there's her. Uh, Kathy Yon, uh, Birds of Prey. Have heard of that one? Um, it was GameSpot's game uh, movie of the year, by the way. So, really? Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Tells you how much creds GameSpot has. Uh, Chloe uh, Zoas for uh, the Internals. Never heard yeah. of that one. Uh, and then Kathy Shortland for. Black Widow, which has not even came out yet, but they they can take that all to the, the list. Credit. They can take every bit of credit they can. It was supposed to come oh. out in 2020. Yeah, and then it was supposed to got pushed back. And was supposed to come out in 2020, and then it got pushed back. And was supposed to come out in 2020, and now it's going to come out in 2021. Honest and for true. <laughs> and then there's uh, Zohaya for uh, No Man Land, and that's it. So, apparently those are the female directors in the movies that they have directed for 2020. And apparently that's a record-breaking moment in Hollywood history. I honestly, I don't know. Look, here's the thing. It gets to me, like, I'm a movie nut. So anything that deals with movies, I'm totally on board. Yeah. I will sit there and watch these awards. And I know a lot of people are what? But I will sit there and watch the... the uh, Academy Awards and the, you know this so you're the that, one, you all that. Jerk. I am the one. I am the one, especially if it's something that I'm totally in for. But it kills me that every time I turn around, there's a woman up there that will sit there and say, "It's about time we get a strong female lead or a, a female director and stuff like that." And it's like, okay, we've had a bunch of female leads. I don't know why this. You know, again, I know number one rule. Or is it the number one rule, or is it the... Which rule are you fighting now? The one that, it's, always, it's already been done. It's all been done before. But apparently that doesn't matter, because this is new to everybody. This is new, this is new to the idiot making a fool of themselves on national television. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you'll get a woman up there that will sit there and say, Oh, there's there needs to be more female directors to be taken serious. And it's like... How did, I mean, mm. I, how about we actually have more females that wants to be directors? Let me, hold on, stop. I, I mean, let me, let me, let me fix that for you, okay? F, hashtag FTFY, I'm going to fix this for you. <laughs> we don't need more strong female leads. We don't need more 
lead female directors. We don't need more female producers. We don't need more female film editors. We don't need more female sound mixers, just like we don't need more female gaffers or best boys or grips or whatever. We need females who know how to create, just like we need males who know how to create. Which is something that is in very, 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 very short supply right now. Compare, contrast Kathleen Kennedy, one of the most powerful women in Hollywood, to Dave Filoni over at Lucasfilm. Dave Filoni, John Favreau made The Mandalorian, which has single-handedly gotten more positive press with its <laughs> last episode than all three sequel movies put together ever managed to get. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Among the Star Wars fans, anyway. That is true. Or the fandom menace, which is like they would, what the <laughs> mainstream press likes to call them. What we, what we need is studios that knows how to create. All the studios have never known how to create. No, Studios but we hate need, creativity. We need, we need. Studios want formulaic direct, but they want it to be profitable. We, need more, we need more studios like Pixar. Yeah, Pixar is a little more willing to... Pixar and, is and, willing to... And, let me give credit where it's due. Disney and Warners are the two studios that are willing to take chances still. Okay? MGM used to. They ran out of money. Universal gave up years ago. And Fox is now Disney. Fox used to be the ones who would lay it on the line. but Because Fox was the only studio in Hollywood that would give Star Wars a chance. That's what made George Lucas a gajillionaire. There's a story behind that, but well, where you go? But if you want, if you want women, listen, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Listen. Stop being sexist, people. Stop it. Stop being sexist. All right. And I'm not talking about men putting down women. I'm not putting down women. I love women. I find them soft and squishy and squeezable and stuff. I love women. Okay. The beloved's on the other side of the wall, and she will kick my hand like that. Anyway, point being, now I'm being mild, I'm being borderline sexist here. But anyway, stop being so sexist that you think women have to be given things. Okay, we have gotten to the point now in this country where you women had had that glass ceiling that kept them down for so long. Okay. We have finally gotten to the point where people are willing to consider you for what you've earned. They will give you the respect you've earned, whether it's male, female, or somewhere in between. If you have shown talent, if you have shown creativity, if you have the tenacity to succeed, you can have, you have a chance. You will not necessarily succeed, but you at least have more of a chance than you did 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Okay, stop being sexist and think that women must be handed these things because what you're inferring, and this is why I absolutely despise you social justice warriors out there, what you're inferring is that women are not good enough to earn it on their own. Hmm. Hmm? Huh? What's that? What? Huh? Kathleen Kennedy is a name right now because she earned her way into Steven Spielberg's unit. She got 
for some reason, Lucas gave her an obscene amount of money to come over to Lucasfilm because of the Disney stuff. And, and under Spielberg, she did spectacularly. Go look at anything back in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, for that matter, that had Steven Spielberg's name on it, who was the executive producer for Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment. It was Kathleen Kennedy. And I learned that years ago before she be, before she got her hands on Star Wars and everybody keeps talking about her. Yeah. Back in the day, I knew who she was because on Indiana Jones movies, any, any Steven Spielberg movie, her name was right there up front. All those WB cartoons, remember, from the 80s and 90s, like yeah. Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs and Freakazoid and Pinky and the Brain and all that other stuff? That's Kathleen Kennedy who enabled that stuff. That happened under her watch. Maybe she didn't greenlight these things, but it all had Steven Spielberg's name on it. She was the one who made sure they got done. Spielberg was the one who picked, let's do this. Kathleen Kennedy got it there. So, and... I'm going to say one more thing, too. Stop talking smack about Kathleen Kennedy. Yes, she's a social justice warrior over at Lucasfilm right now because she honestly thinks there's a problem over there. And there is. But and there, it's not her. And there is, but it's not her. So, I mean, it's, being, not, it's not a popular opinion online, but no, <laughs> neither is our show. So. But, I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, though, like, you're speaking the truth because, like, every time I turn around, I'm hearing people badmouth. Like, Star Wars is horrible because of Kathleen Kennedy. And it's like, how the hell is it her fault? Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Let's go back. Here's the problem. My, my memory is not as good as it used to be when it comes to important things, but when it comes to stupid entertainment-related trivia, I'm, I'm pretty decent at it. Star Wars does not suck because of Kathleen Kennedy. Star Wars sucked a long before Kathleen Kennedy showed up. Star Wars started sucking back in the second half of re of The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yes, Whoa, he went there. He's, oh, oh. Go ahead <laughs> from the point because they went through two writers on Empire Strikes Back. There was the guy who helped George Lucas write the first film, helped him write the first half of Empire Strikes Back. George, He got sick and tired of dealing with George Lucas, so he walked off. And no, I can't think of his name right now. Some of you Star Wars fans know who it is. He got another writer, and the second half started stinking. The only thing that redeemed the second half of The Empire Strikes Back was, spoiler alert, Darth Vader saying that Luke Skywalker was his son and slicing off his hand and he falls off that Lando Calrissian's casino in the sky and lands on the Millennium Falcon or whatever. <laughs> Return of the Jedi was a vomitorium from first frame to last frame. Okay? The three prequels sucked, oh, gosh, blew, yes. and stank on ice. Okay? Yes. Those are the three prequels. The sequels were even worse. Now, the sequels, we actually reviewed the sequels when they first came out, and they weren't so bad. We didn't I mean, think they were so bad or anything, but we're not Star Wars fanatics. I mean, like, Rogue One was actually decent. Never it was saw Rogue really One. Good. It was actually really good. Because the reason I didn't see Rogue One is because I was so disgusted with the prequels and the sequels and George Lucas's little meddling. You know what the biggest problem Star Wars has ever had? You want to know why Star Wars sucks today? You ready for it? George Lucas. George Lucas had a great idea and promptly ran it into the toilet tank every chance he got. Yes. 
and Christmas if you're, special. And if you're, <laughs> and if you are an all honest fandom menace, you'll admit the biggest problem with Star Wars has always been George Lucas. Don't come to me t talking about the George Lucas cut of the sequels or the prequels. Or the Judge George Lucas cut of the sequels. I don't care what his idea was, because his ideas suck. He came up with some decent characters, a decent idea, set up the tent poles, and let other people weave the canvas that went around the tent poles. They built the tent. Okay? George Lucas is the reason Star Wars sucks. Now, for that matter, Steven Heard Spielberg is the... Well, actually, no, I take that back. I'm not going to blame Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg is the reason 1941 sucked. You want to know why all the later Indiana Jones movies sucked? George Lucas. Ooh. Don't let George Lucas near your IP. Get him to create something, yes. Let him let him take the lion's share of the royalties off the first few years. That's, that works all great. Right. I mean, he's a hit. As a filmmaker, he's a great businessman. It's like, you know, now, Steve's George Lucas, hold on. I'm going to say this, if I would hire George Lucas to run my major movie studio, but I, I wouldn't make him put him in charge of making a movie. Mm, I, I, mean, I mean, creators, though, the creators, they, they create stuff, and it's really great, but when that. they try to direct stuff, that's when, like, well, who was... Uh, George Lucas is a great producer. You're, you're absolutely King right. Stephen King did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, he's good at writing, but when he tried to direct... You see that a lot, especially these days. In it's the reason I don't watch pro wrestling anymore. Remember when we started doing these film, these videos and stuff like a year and a half ago, back in 2019. I was still a wrestling fan at the time, and I've I've given up on it. I gave up on it months ago because you have two major promotions, wrestling promotions in the United States. Now I'll get off wrestling in a minute. Hold on. You got WWE, which is Vince McMahon's unit used to be called the WWF, and then you've got AEW, which is the startup unit that is competing with it. The idea with AEW is that it's all about the talent, the, the wrestlers in the ring, their creativity, compared to Vince McMahon's dictatorial vision over in the WWE. All of Hollywood goes through this, especially right now. You cannot let the important part of being a producer is knowing when to let your talent go, let your creators create, let them do what they want, let them have their vision and work toward it, but you need to know when they're being stupid. A great producer knows when his director, his writers, his stars are being stupid and reins them in and says, no, you shall not. The problem with wrestling right now is you got two extremes, okay? you got Vince McMahon's dictates right here, and on the other side, you've got complete freedom on the other side, and they both suck because they're both doing the same clown show. They're both doing the same dumpster fire because there's no... On this side, Vince McMahon's taking way too much control. On this side, there's not nearly enough control. Somebody's got to tell these guys when they're being stupid. So, stop. But anyway... <laughs> And that's the thing Kathleen Kennedy is good at. She's good at running a studio. She needs to stay the hell out of creative. Steven Spielberg will tell you the truth. Of course, Steven Spielberg also let her go. So she she left. He didn't fire her. She left, I believe. But well, I 
think it was more like, you know... Moving on. Yeah. yeah she like, was moving up. Yeah, like he, was, he was like, you know, I understand because, I mean, you've done great for yourself so far. Mm -hmm. You want to do other stuff? Go for it. And so, that's what Disney did. Disney, I think, is another problem. Disney is a corporation, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, anyways. Do you actually have any other news things? I got Cause... one more, and it's, again, it's small. Mm -hmm. um, so, over the holiday weekend, well, it's still the holiday weekend pretty much, mm -hmm. but uh, apparently, box office, Wonder Woman hit it pretty big. Don't have the, <sighs> even though it was also on HBO Max, um, it did pretty well in the theaters, but... The most viewed movie over the holiday weekend was not in theaters. You know, I'm pretty sure it would have done great in theaters. But uh, Soul was the most viewed movie over the holiday weekend. Yeah, we'll do a review of that in another video. So, so anyway. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. <laughs> well, what we'll do is we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap this episode up. So we're trying to... Trying to get shorter episodes. Yeah. And then. It's in the trash. I let him throw his own stuff away because he sat there and whimpered and cried like a whipped puppy last week and I threw, threw away his list of movies. I wasn't done. <laughs> well, now you aren't. My butt is just fine. He was able to, see. I'm sitting in a little swivel chair. He's sitting on a hard chair. So he has to get up between episodes and move his butt. Move my booty. Get it. And I need move to stop doing this. I don't know why I'm doing this. So and hello, happy campers. I'm Spike. Hey, I'm Chris. This is the show. This and I guess I'm doing this because it is show. winter. It's turning colder. It's 2021. Got a brand new year. 2020 is finally freaking over with. Oh my goodness, yes. Boy, that was a dumpster fire of a year, but hopefully 2021 will get a little better. But right here at the tail end of things, we had two movies released on the Christmas Day. Now, I've seen one, he's seen both, so we're going to go ahead, we're going to we're gonna start off with a review of Wonder Woman 84. You're going to convince Whoa. me, because I have not seen Wonder Woman 84, I have no desire to see it. This one's job is to convince me I want to see Wonder Woman 84. So, <laughs> give me your review. Tell me and what I'm you think. And I'm going to fail so miserably. You on usually this. do, yeah. But anyway, tell, go ahead and give us your review <laughs> of Wonder Woman 84. Alright, so I know there's a lot of mixed uh, feelings out there about the movie. A lot of people are hating this movie. And to be honest, it's not that bad. It really isn't. You have uh, this, basically, uh, uh, this magic crystal, pretty much, that comes into the hands of uh, this, uh, what do you call the places that does, like, you know, artifacts and, and whatever, and researches and stuff. Yeah. And well, whatever, whatever they're called. Well, anyways, that's where uh, Diana works mm -hmm. at, of course, alongside of Cheetah. Chester Cheeto herself mm -hmm. works there as well. And they don't know what it is, but of course, you know, they know that it has the ability to make 
wishes come true. So, of course, you know, quietly in their minds, they're like, I wish Steve Trevor would come back. And what happens? Steve Trevor comes back. Oh, yeah, by the way, spoiler alert. I know you already know that he comes back, but this is all spoilers, so if you don't want to hear all this, don't watch it, okay? Of course, you probably won't watch this anyway. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, so Steve Trevor comes back in somebody else's body, okay? Which, honestly, there's a big plot hole right there. Uh, you got this one, the, the villain is basically this guy named Max. And he does commercials. Uh, he's trying to run an oil company and all that stuff. Uh, at least I think so. I'm not really for sure what he's trying to do. But basically what he's wanting to do is to show everybody that he is not a loser. Uh, mostly toward his son. Because there's a very big moment in the movie where this dude literally talks down and treats him and calls him a loser right in front of his son. And he tries to prove his son that, you know, you should never be stepped on. You're way, you know, way better than this. And I'm going to prove you that I am not a loser myself and all that. Which, he gets his hands on the rock and he is literally able to absorb the crystal into him. He wants to become the crystal. So now he can grant any wish, which makes him huge popular. Mm -hmm. Of course, around the world. But of course, with every wish, it takes away something from you. And I'm not talking about like, oh, somebody dies or anything, but it's like, for instance, uh, Cheetah Girl. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call her Cheetah. Yeah, you can write She's, her name's, the character's name is Cheetah. Yeah, go ahead. So, anyway. With her, she has the uh, the humanity side of her. And when she be wants to become powerful and more, uh, I guess, better looking. Which, honestly, all she does is, like, take off her glasses. and That's pretty much it. <laughs> She's now hot. Which is the another downsize of the whole movie, is that whole thing. So anyway, Max is out there in the world being able to con have control of everything, even the president. He's The president does whatever he says. So, like, all this stuff, chaos is happening around the entire world. The whole world is messed up. In the meantime, Wonder Woman is not being Wonder Woman. She's being Diana. So, it's her and Steve back together but also trying to figure out how this all happened. And it goes on this big adventure. It's it's a it's a really good movie. I've seen way worse. It does have issues. We've both seen way worse. Look, if you want to talk about okay, there is a woman empowerment in this movie. I will say that. I try to ignore it because it's stupid. And the only reason why I say that is because there's this one scene where Cheetah Girl's walking down the street, and not one dumb guy, but like four dumb guys, and not huddled up in a group. They're not, they, these guys don't know each other. It's like, oh, this guy gets out of the car. 
Ooh, whistles at her. She keeps going. I got across the street. Hey, baby. And all that stuff. And it's like, are you serious? Like, one, she's not all that hot. But, hey, you know. And but she's not wearing glasses. <laughs> but, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. That right there did get to me. I was just like, what the hell is this? Patty Jenkins knows better. She knows better. So I don't know why I think this was somebody else's idea. I'm just saying. It, does, it doesn't sound like her. She could have done this in the first movie and she didn't. This, but then again, this movie was way better than Captain Marvel. I think just all saying. movements better than Captain Marvel. But. Just saying. I know there's a lot of people that likes Captain Marvel. I don't know why. But I really did enjoy Wonder Woman. I think they did a great job. Um, there's a thing where when Diana gets her wish and Steve's there, she loses her powers very slowly. Like it, her powers start to uh, starts to leave. So she gets shot. Uh, she gets beat up, but she still keeps going. That to me was really great. I, I think that was a fantastic part. That she, you know, even though she keeps losing, she's still fighting. So I, I thought that was freaking fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, it was a really good movie. Still think the first one's better. But I was okay with this. I, I'm not one of those haters that hated it. As I mean, yeah, does it have its problems? Yes. But what movie does not have problems? I, again, Airplane. I've seen movies that... <laughs> Airplane has no problems. Airplane is perfect in every single way. Anyway, go ahead. Bravo on that one. I'll get you on that one. That's, that's good. That's great. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen movies that have way worse issues than what this one did. So, if you want to see this movie, I suggest you go see it. Um, it's on HBO Max. Or go to the theater. It's playing at the theater. Go to the theater. They they like selling popcorn. Yeah, and, popcorn. and I got to hand it to 10th Frame Cinema here in our town. Uh, they do a great job of protecting everybody. And not to mention, they're finally getting new movies. It took long enough. So, hell yes. But uh, anyway, yeah. See Wonder Woman 84. It, it is good. Oh, there is one problem I do have with this movie. Mm -hmm. Okay? The beginning yeah. scene. Well, okay, not the beginning scene. The beginning scene takes place on her back home and when she was a little girl. This takes place like maybe five minutes after that. The mall scene. It's so stupid and comical. It was horrible. First off, it was almost like 80s threw up everywhere. Too much 80s. They need to dial it back a little bit. Be like, okay, we get what year it is, but this is a little bit too much, okay? <laughs> I mean, they made a note that, oh, show this cereal. Remember this cereal from the 80s? See that TV show? That was from the 80s. That shirt's from the 80s. Those shoes are from the 80s. It's like 80s world. And it was 
way too much. I was like, okay, hold on. The bad guys, they were robbing a... Hell, I don't even remember what it was. But it was in the mall. Like, the mall actually was a... a there's a department store that was a cover-up of something much bigger. And these guys were robbing from it. And it's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> it's like... It was crazy. But it was... They had so much stupid humor in it that I was just like, oh, please tell me this, this is not what everybody keeps talking about why this movie sucks. Because, I mean, if this is the way it's going to be throughout the whole movie, no. But luckily it wasn't. But that whole mall scene, yeah, I did not like it. But that that's all. After that, you forget about it. And you move on, and it goes on this big adventure, and, and, yeah, so, but again, every movie has problems, I will say, go watch Wonder Woman 84. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers is also perfect in every way. Yes. Yes, it was. Okay, so, anyway, as you can tell, I have not sold nothing to him on this, so. He told me shit. Anyway. Okay, so, I understand this movie is like two and a half hours long. I think it's like a hundred. I think I read it was like hundred fifty nine minutes long. So it's like two and a half hours it's long. Two and it's two hours is it and too five long? minutes. Okay. Is, it, is it too long? Is it too is long? It, no, it's not too it's long too, because I mean that's one of the main criticisms I'd heard was that it was just way too long. To be honest, when Hollywood needs to get back to the ninety minute film, unless you can justify. I mean, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you need a two and a half hour film to in order to get the story going. Three hours, maybe. One Roman 84, no. Ghostbusters doesn't need to be a three-hour film, for example. That would be a nice 90-minute range. True. Wonder Woman, I think. Superman should be a 90-minute film. Spider-Man, remember Into the Spider-Verse? That was about 90 minutes long, a little more. I mean, there's some... There's uh, Look, I can see why everybody has issues with this movie. Whether it be too long or the fact that the bad guys were kind of lame. Cheetah was a little lame, but I get... <laughs> okay, so... I, I, okay, I'll point out the bad things about this movie. Cheetah, they literally took that story right off of Batman Returns from Catwoman. Okay, the Tim Burton, not the Catwoman movie. I'm talking about Tim Burton's Batman Returns. Selena Kyle's becoming her, you know, the way she is in that movie. They stole it. But she's a furry. Right from yeah. that. That's how she does Instead pretty of much. a dominatrix, she's a furry. Uh, yeah. Basically, yeah. She became a furry. So there's that. Um, they hyped up this Golden Wings through, you can see it everywhere. It's on the cover of the poster and in the trailers. She has these wings that is going to protect her and when they had the one-on-one -on -one fight with her and Cheetah. Those wings didn't last long. She she didn't fight back. She just covered herself, and the wings were covered, and Cheetah was just slashing them through them like crazy, and I'm just like, well, that was a waste of whatever that was. Um, yeah, so there, there was that. Um, I do like Max's character. I can't remember what's his name. Maxwell Lord. Maxwell Lord. 
Everybody um, was afraid he was going to be. A, I, I thought he was supposed to be like a Trump allegory, but it was. A, see, I heard it twice from you and somebody else, and I, I was looking for it, and honestly, I didn't see it. He didn't act like anything like Trump at all. But I mean, yeah, somebody would probably be like, "Well, <laughs> he wants power, so you know, something mm. like that." But I didn't see it. But his. Like, at the end, when he got, like, when he stopped all of his craziness, it was literally, like, his son was the number one priority, and he was worried about his son. So then he's like, you know, I take my wish back. I, I want, I, I need to go help my son, and then that's pretty much it. Uh, so, <laughs> everything kind of goes back to normal. I mean, but I mean, it, it was, it was kind of, I kind of see the comical part of everything, because if you're a fan of like the Wonder Woman TV series, you kind of see where it kind of like, okay, you know, because that was like, what, 80s, what? That was late 70s. Late 70s. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you probably noticed the, he finally the, the owl's on her third lap at least, and he finally noticed. I was anyway. just like, what? <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, those, those are the major problems I had. Other than that, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, still liked the first one better though, but this was and, good. And it, again, it comes down to a common complaint I have, at least with Hollywood these days. It's a lack of creativity. And the big problem is Superman, you can either portray him as... He's been portrayed as a big blue boy scout for years. Batman is rendered as the ultimate badass. What do you do with Wonder Woman? She's a masochist in a in a swimsuit. What do you do with her? She even has her own she even has her own rope to tie people up with. <laughs> okay, and then she can deflect bullets with her wrists. Okay. You've got to have an idea of what your character is going in. All we know is she's a strong woman. Thanks. Thanks for playing Patty Jenkins. Thank you very much. And, and all your creators and stuff. And it's not Patty Jenkins' fault. Wonder Woman has never been developed properly. The idea in the first movie of the Greek gods, of the god of war and everything else being involved back in World War One, that more or less played with uh, George Perez's reboot of the character back in the mid-80s, where he made her essentially a part of the Greek Pathanon. Well, with the Amazons and everything else, so he brought all the Greek gods into it. You've got to have a story to tell that needs Wonder Woman in it. Wonder Woman, honestly, as much as Superman is the big blue Boy Scout, Wonder Woman has been portrayed more often as being a hard-nosed political conservative Despite the fact that she has boobs, she's still, in the comics anyway, always been treated as more of a conservative, especially once she got her little sword and became a little more hardcore Amazon. So she actually is a Republican character, if you want to introduce politics into it. Nobody in Hollywood wants to introduce that side, the, the Dirty Harry slash uh, Death Wish slash Die Hard dynamic into it, but 
I think that probably would have been, a, especially in 84 when Reagan mania was going wild all over America, before Hulkamania, by the way, when Reagan mania was going wild and we had the Olympics in L.A. and we had all this stuff going on, 84 was a standout year for America and you had to have bank robbers in a mall. Huh? What? They're, they're heisting the Sears. What? Huh? <laughs> so, no, you did not convince me to watch this film. I'm so, if you are, if you're going to watch the film, try this experiment. Uh, do go to the theater, and as soon as the movie starts, get up, go to the snack bar, get yourself a, a medium box of popcorn and a box of Reese's Pieces, and just take turns eating them through the movie. Guaranteed the best tasting stuff you'll ever have <laughs> in the middle of a movie theater, anyway. But uh, if you're going to watch HBO Max, I'd say probably just skip the first 30 minutes, maybe, and then start watching it and see, yeah. see what you can do. Because, like you said, the first part sucked. Well, I mean, like the beginning where it shows where she's a child and she's on. Where, uh, Did we not see her as a child in the first movie? Yeah, but this Did one. Did we not see this her? One, this it. one shows, like, has a, a, a meaning to it about cheating, like, to get your way and cheating and all that stuff is not exactly, like, the best thing. Okay, I get So it. there's, like, a strong meaning there. I get it. That I they understand. Show, they show Diana as a child cheating and the enemy and the guest yeah. villain of the year is Cheetah. <laughs> I guarantee you this is what the writer thought. So that is their brilliant little touch right there. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'd rather see a two-and-a-half-hour movie about Chester Cheetah than this. But anyway, so next time, next video, we're going to review a much, much better film. Disney Pixar's new film, Soul, Soul, which came out on Disney+, Plus, not in theaters. To be honest, I would rather see it in theaters, but we'll discuss it here next episode. Promised it here. It finally is. We both actually we're actually going to review a movie we've both seen. What a shock it is! The new Disney Pixar film Soul finally released back on Christmas Eve on Disney Plus. Unclean. Anyway, so with like I said, we actually have a movie we've both seen. So. I've actually been looking forward to seeing this one because what was the last Pixar film that was out in theaters? Uh, and I think they were showing, it was about two years ago, wasn't it? Was it Onward? Well, yeah, Onward was the last one they showed. What was the one before that? Because that I think that's when they showed a preview Toy Story of Soul. 4? Toy Story 4, I think. It's when they first started showing Peaks of Soul. So anyway, I've been looking forward to seeing this because here's my problem with the film, I brought my own idea into it. I should not have done that. Uh-oh. <laughs> because I have been a, a fan of soul, jazz, rhythm and blues, especially the older stuff now for the Stax catalog I can listen to all day. But uh, I thought it was going in a different direction. But you know what? You've done more of these film critiques than I have. Let me hear what you have to say, and I'll just bounce off of you, and let's see what's going on. You the go ahead and review Saul, then. The you movie was... movie group going there, and well, I mean, all this other stuff. I mean, uh, 
I'm not going to sit here and keep interrupting you while you're. So I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie, and I'm not. I'm not trying to poop on this movie. Whatsoever. Not just to jump in and talk all over you or nothing. But. <laughs> I'm not trying to poop on this movie. It, you're not I mean, poop on the movie. It, it's it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. It did not do what I thought it would do, which would make me, like you know, sob all over the place. You know, it's like, it's like usually that's what Pixar movies are known for is to hit you right in the feel goods. This movie just made me go like, yeah. But then again, hold on. The whole movie is literally about enjoying the small things, looking at life in a whole different aspect. And that's something that I've always done. I've always like stood there and went out at night and looked at the stars, uh, you know went to the creek and just watched the water, you know. I enjoy the little stuff. I think the little stuff is important, and that's what this movie, like, really does. Is like, it shows that living is important with all the small stuff in the world, and that's, you know, cherish those moments and everything. So I guess that's why I just, like, I kind of already knew that. But it's good for people to watch who doesn't. If all you do is work constantly... And just like, just can't wait for the day to be over and can't wait for tomorrow. You know, mm -hmm. type of deal. Then this movie you need to watch because it will open up your eyes. Okay. It did not, it, it did not, don't hurt me on this. It didn't satisfy me like most Pixar movies. But I did dig it. Again, the whole jazz thing, I can listen to B.B. King all day. I love B.B. King. So, he's awesome. But, there, this movie did not have exactly enough jazz that I thought, because I thought it would, that it would have that. And I thought the spiritual world that they would be in would be a little bit more spiritual. <laughs> that makes any sense. I don't know how to explain this. So, yeah, I mean, and there's, and there's, Moments in this movie where it took a huge turn to where it's like, oh, they switched souls and one's a cat and one's him and all that stuff. And I was just like, wow, I was not expecting it to go this way. I thought it was just going to be all dealt in the spirit world. And that they're going to show him what life is, you know, worth living for or something, you know, something around that line. But it didn't. So I was just like, oh, wow, this took a whole different turn. But that does not make this a, a bad movie. This movie is really good. Okay? This movie is really, really good. It's a good story. I enjoyed it. I don't know. The... I liked it, but it could have... Here's my problem with the film. And, and I touched on this before. I brought, brought my own attitude into it. I saw the concept... In the in the trailers, I saw the the animation style in the trailers, and then I sat there and extrapolated my own idea of what this film would be. So it's kind of hard. It's kind of like leading with your chin when you go in and actually watch the movie. For me, this the problem is Hollywood is set up right now to not take spirituality seriously right. it's supposed it's supposed to be considered an outdated outmoded thing you're not supposed to take any religion seriously 
you're not supposed to take any belief seriously. Everything's equal. Everything's valid. No, 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 no. Okay. So I was a little disappointed with the way they they did the afterlife, the hereafter they called it. And the idea was, in order to ascend to your next level, you would go up to this big white door and you just disappear into the door. So as far as you can tell, if you just look at it, things just cease to exist and people just willingly go into it. Because they don't go into it any more than that, because that's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is to show the, the main character... He needs to appreciate the life he has, which is something he has never done because he's always been living with his head in the clouds, dreaming of things that he has not accomplished. With the hereafter, the, the things, I guess, that tend the hereafter are rendered as 2D characters. Uh... When the guy who's trying to cause trouble for the main character is... And for the life of me, I can't think of the main character's name right now. Look at that. That was just like... Let me turn around and look this up. But anyway, one of the two-dimensional characters who's keeping an eye on the afterlife is a basically a bean counter who notices there's a soul missing somewhere. That's where your main character managed to wander off because he didn't want to just disappear. He's got a, a band tryout that he wants to get to. So he doesn't want to miss that. That's where he starts bumping into this other soul that's never been born who for some reason sounds like a middle-aged white chick. So... And, and she does sound... Tina Fey does sound exactly like a middle-aged white chick. <laughs> She is the ultimate Karen-sounding thing. But anyway, so they, they wind up back on Earth. She's not supposed to be going. She doesn't want to go. Tina Fey's character does not want to go. Number 22? I think they're all numbered. Yeah. They started with number one and then worked their way up, so they're up to like trillions by this point. She's number 22. That's how long she's been in the hereafter, waiting to be assigned to life because she doesn't want to go. So she lands in our character's body, and our character's soul lands in the cat that was there as a therapy animal in the hospital, and it just goes from there. It's a good idea. It's a good message. This Usually when I critique a movie like this, when I have a criticism for a movie, it's because they spent more time on the, on the sizzle, the style, the appearance, they spent more time on the sizzle and less on the steak. So you wind up with all these pretty colors. This is why I hate, this is why J.J. Abrams drives me insane with his lens flares because he goes for the sizzle and he doesn't pay as much attention to the steak. This one, incredibly enough, I, and I do like the film, way to go Pixar, but I think they actually spent too much time on the story and not enough on the sizzle. Yeah. It's, it's, and I have... I, I think I may have criticized maybe one or two films in my entire life this way. This is something where they could have gone a little more stylized. Having said that, the beloved, she who must not be named on the other side of this wall, did point out she was amazed they actually got a black man's skin color right. It was the proper, sh proper skin shade that a black person would have. 
and that's Pixar's det attention to detail. So, I think this is a case where the story is there, it, and I see missed opportunities because there were so many other ways they could have gone with it that, like again, I would have gone that way. It doesn't necessarily mean it would have been a good way for them to go. They went the way they wanted to do, and it turned out fine. It's a good movie. Oh, God, it's not a great movie, but it's a good movie. And, and with Pixar, and it's not anybody's fault. It's just Pixar has set the bar so freaking high. This is the problem Onward had. They set the bar so freaking high. Did you watch Onward? No, I still haven't watched Onward yet. <laughs> I watched the book. I was like, oh. Pixar set the bar so freaking high. They've become a victim of their own standards. They, they, it's hard to keep hitting that high target over and over. Toy Story, perfect example. Okay, Toy Story is the one that keeps setting that bar. They did the first Toy Story movie. They set the bar, and everybody else is still way down here, and they set the bar here. This is their first effort. Okay. And then they do Toy Story 2, and whoa, it goes up to here. And everybody else is still down here, and they're trying to catch up. Okay, they're doing Shrek and stuff. Okay, they're, trying, they're starting to catch up. And then a few years later, they do Toy Story 3. Nobody, I didn't see Toy Story 3 coming, to be honest. <laughs> and, it, and it came. And then they I got to the Toy end Story of it, and just, and just into the stratosphere, they set the bar. And then... I didn't know Toy Story 4 was coming. And I was like, what else could they possibly do? They had such a spectacular ending with exactly. 3. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, the, the, they set the bar like out near Jupiter or Saturn or Uranus <laughs> or whatever. And Pixar is just so good at what they do that, that people go into it, they just want to love it. and so they. But unfortunately, we've gotten so spoiled with those high standards that we notice every flaw. Yeah, I mean, it, they they love kind of just doing... I, I don't know if they were doing it for the kids, but that's like... That whole thing of where the lost souls and the, the hippie on the boat, I was just like, oh, no. Like I, I, I actually was like, like that part. I thought really? that was a was hilarious like, oh, commentary well, there on transcendentalism and all this other stuff. <laughs> because that's... I was I was worried when that whole thing was coming. I was like, oh, so there's a second part of this whole world that it's like, why is it even up in this in heaven? Mm. Like, why is it in this world of this world? Like, it's like I'm a little confused on that. But I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things you actually have to watch the film a second time because the first time you're going to learn about the concepts. The second time you know the concepts, you go in with it. And maybe that's maybe that's the problem I'm having with this film. I've only seen it once. Maybe I need to see it a second time here. I mean, it is on Disney Plus. It's right there. Maybe I need to see it a second time just because I know the concepts. Now I know what the rules are going to be and go in watching it again. So, again, you're bringing your baggage into it, and that's the hardest part for any critic, whether you're professional, amateur like us, or whatever. That's the hardest part for a critic to do is to leave his baggage behind, take what everybody else is saying, set it outside the door, and go in with your popcorn and your Reese's Pieces and just sit there and, and munch your way through it. And I swear to God, I'm going to get you people started eating 
Reese's Pieces with your popcorn every time you go to the movie theater. That's what they should sell. Big or at least some popcorn with M and M's. At least some M and M's. Yeah. Or at least some mini M and M's in there. Just. Mm. Anyway, I put some pretzels in there too. Mm -hmm. Hey, get yourself one of those big pretzels and a yeah. and some M and M's. You skip the cheese, but get the get munch on the pretzel while you're eating the M and M's. And mm. be go. creative with your when you go to tenth frame, so that way. Hey, you guys going to give me any kickbacks on this? But anyway, <laughs> so all in all, while I had no desire to see Wonder Woman 84 that we reviewed in our last video, I would watch Solo again just so I could go in and, and see what kind of a difference it makes on that second viewing. Yes, so is, so is a good movie. It's just, I, I do believe that the whole, uh, the ending kind of felt like it was rushed a little bit because it's like he, he like I didn't think he was actually going to jump I didn't think he was going to go back to the living I thought he was going to run back and be like I'm sorry or something like that but no he just went and yeah. I'm just like oh okay and then all of a sudden he's like that's when he's like oh I need to get lost so I can go back up there and you know and I'm just like you know, what, you, know what, you know what ticked me off the most about this movie? And I, I, this is another one I didn't see coming. And I think, that, and again, Pixar not doing, not following their formula is another thing that's, because you've always got the hero's journey and step, 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 and then you get to the end. Everybody's overcome their challenges and everything. And you've got the neat little ending all tied up with a bow. And now the, the underminers coming out, and he's he's below everybody, but nothing's beneath beneath him. And then everybody puts their little things. I stuck around through the credits to see the the after credit scene. Did you do that? I saw the what was oh, what was the end credit scene? <laughs> there was no end credit scene. There wasn't? Okay. There wasn't. No, there was not. <laughs> because you saw 22, spoilers, 22 jumps in to start her own life. Okay, and you see the, the guy going back on his own to, to resume his own life. But you didn't get to see what happened. You got no closure with 22. Right. Okay. Why is it I can remember the, the middle-aged white chick's number, but I can't remember the black man's name? Well, the, the, the main character is played by Jamie Foxx, so we'll just use Jamie. <laughs> we'll just call him Jamie. We'll just use Jamie. But, uh, so that, that's one that surprised me. Uh, the other thing that surprised me is how many members of Nine Inch Nails were involved in composing this film. <laughs> Trent Reznor, I did not expect to see Trent Reznor's name in the, in the credits of this movie. I was like, wait, What? So I, I was actually grateful that Disney Plus was there. They will rewind it. I was like, was I paused it. Like, what? What? But, but he is a huge jazz aficionado. So that's why. I do wish that there was more jazz in this movie, though. I do too. Disney. Um, and so both of us recommend watching Salt. Not, oh yeah, not yeah. So much we're not. We're not. But being on it, we're just pointing out like Disney. Please. Please, 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 please. You did the, this was this was a project they had about ten years ago, and I actually did a little reporting on it with Jim Hill. I was trying to keep him updated on it. 
Disney was looking at a project called My Peoples. They were working with, uh, I don't know if I've told you about this one or not, they were working with Dolly Parton, they were working with Appalachian groups, they were working with the Folk Art Center at Moorhead State University, which is near us. The idea was they were going to make a movie about a group of people who lived in a mountain, but it was all going to be told using a folk art style. Hmm. So, it sounded like a spectacular idea. It never went anywhere, but that, for for some reason, that to me, I think, is what soul soul should inspire. Because yeah. that's not what soul is, but soul should inspire a willingness to investigate other ways to look at things, uh, like with the afterlife. Coming into it as a from a Christian point of view, I can still see how people would see like two-dimensional characters instead of angels. How you could see this big unknowing white door into the afterlife and you don't know what it is because once you go there you ain't coming back. So it looks like a giant bug zapper is what it looks like from this <laughs> side. But then again everything on your side of that door is pitch black. So and the door is pitch white. So pitch white. Anyway. Yeah, I, I think I would have loved this movie more if it did deal with more of the afterlife, but also the fact that they would have made it more wonderful of the afterlife. Because I, I still get stuck in my head the, the Coco movie, which is a phenomenal movie. It had but, a lot of the Mexican art, folk yeah, art, red. But I so. love that the bridge that went across mm -hmm. and that yeah. whole world, even the world of if you're forgotten. That part, like I loved, it. I was like, man, that is genius. And if the, I kind of hope that that's the way the afterlife is kind of yes. like, because like I like this. One last thing before we wrap this up, I know what I was expecting more of because it's Pixar. Pixar goes for execution, brilliance, and all this other stuff. But it's soul. I'm thinking more along the lines of. Let's see if you can guess which movie I'm thinking of. It was an animated movie from not too long ago. That deals with the afterlife? Uh, not really, but sort of. It doesn't deal so much with the afterlife. Into the Spider-Verse, where you had different art styles. It was more of an urbane art style. But it had different art styles for different purposes, and... Each character brought its own perspective okay, into things. Okay, I see what you're going with. I think now. that's what I was kind of expecting with this film. I was a little disappointed. It more didn't. about music, basically. Yes, I, th I'm, more I want about to see music, more the about the culture of, of the jazz culture yes. and stuff, the soul culture. And that's what it led up to. That's what the trailers told you, pretty much. Right. That it was kind of soul derived from jazz, jazz derived from spirituals. Both of them direct, derived from yeah. spirituals, actually. So there's, I, again, this is personal opinion. I would have liked to have seen more of yes. a spiritual involvement with it. I would have liked to have seen some classic songs involved. It's great that there were, that it had an original soundtrack and all this other stuff and gave new guys a chance. I, I guess I'm putting too much into this, into this one project, which probably needs to be a whole different project of its own. I mean, no, I mean, so it's... So, last words on, on Soul. I think what we need to do is literally take a look at all these Pixar movies and figure, like, 
develop, put them in different orders because there are some that are like definitely for kids and family. And then there's some that seems to be more adults. And then there's some that is just like, it's way too adult. And you don't have that warm feeling that you really want to feel, but it's still there good. Mm -hmm. And that's how I kind of feel with soul. It's like, I like it. I love it. But it could have been better. It could have hit me a whole lot different than what I went into. Because, like, I, I agree. It should have been more about music. That's I guess that's why I was really surprised when the whole they go back to Earth and he's a cat and this, uh, 22's in his body and all that stuff. And it's like, uh, I mean, there's, there's beautiful... Look, there's beautiful parts in this movie where, like, I love the, the barbershop scene. I thought that was fantastic. I love how 22 is in his body, but he's, like, even though sh to her she is just being her, but from the Jamie Foxx's character who's in the cat, he's experiencing people talk to him like like a human being instead of like I don't know he apparently he just never really experienced all of that before but they never really tell you any of that in the beginning you know mm -hmm. but, you know you never really discuss that it's just I want to be a musician that's all I really want in life and that's pretty much it it's pretty much all they give you so it's like you don't see how people treat you or I mean, you know how his mom is, mm -hmm. but that's about it. So, you know, but there's the barbershop scene, the part where she's sitting there on the on the stoop and, you know, looking up at the tree. I love the visual effects. Like, I mean, you can go to any city and look and be like, yeah, this is nice. But that whole beginning scene when he's walking uh, uh, down the street. Mm -hmm. Like, the visual of that world, I'm just like, oh, that's so, you get lost. It's like, oh, that that's look that looks nice. Even though it's a city, and it should look nice, <laughs> because what city looks nice? But, Not as many anymore. But. No, but I like that. I love how the animation caught that. But there's, there's plenty of beautiful moments in this movie. It's just, I don't know. It, I don't know. It, it, I'm, it's like mixed feelings on this movie. It seems like it could have. It seems like it could have been more. Yes. And that's the. By the way, the guy's name is Joe Gardner. Joe. Can't imagine why we couldn't think of a name like Joe. <laughs> anyway, so the average Joe. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it. Yeah, and didn't stand out very well, did it? <laughs> mm. Anyway. <laughs> So in other words, go watch Soul, skip Wonder Woman 84, and Pixar, come on. And, and not even Pixar, Disney. Let's see you get my peoples back in production. So until next time, Spike. Chris. Show. I need to use the bathroom. I'll see you all down there. <laughs> Y'all take care now. Ta-da. Cool.